Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Friday, December 10th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. Welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bolcher. And I'm Brett Gitterman. And we come to you three times a week and try to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. We're going to read again from the third chapter of Luke's Gospel. But before we begin, let's start with prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for the joy of the season, the joy of your Son coming to earth, the fact that you, God, come to us wherever we are. May we hold on to that truth, may we find comfort into it, and may it transform how we live. We pray this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Listen now to Luke's Gospel, the third chapter, verses 1 through 6. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip ruler of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. John went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, quote, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Tara, for our Friday fun question, which I was actually laughing at the question because my question at staff meeting uh, <laughs> yesterday was, what's the worst Christmas gift you've gotten? And your question today is, what is the best Christmas yes, gift you've gotten? thank got? you. A little more positive <laughs> twist well, on that. I really just thought you already knew the answer to yeah. the other one. Um, I will tell you about one of the best Christmas gifts I've ever gotten, and it is also simultaneously a slam on one of my brothers. So awesome. it's like, it's a, the perfect storm. The perfect. Um, you know, I told you when my younger, when my brothers and I were small, we would all sleep in the same room. Um, we each, like they would be up on the bed and I'd have a, you know, sleeping bag and all night long we just kept each other awake. And so one morning the sun is coming up on, on a Christmas day and one of my brothers is like, Tara, go see what time it is. And so the clock is out in the hall and I decide since I'm in the hall, I might as well take a look under the I tree. Well. And I was a stuffed animal also baby dolls like I have more stuffed animals and baby dolls than you could possibly imagine especially since you were a boy um, I had a lot of beanie babies uh, did you yeah I was like the only granddaughter too so I mean I was stacked <laughs> anyway I go out there and there is like a huge stuffed St. Bernard it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen and so I run back in and I start saying, there's a dog out there. There's a dog out there. I'm seven. There's a dog out there. I was so excited. There's a dog out there. And I didn't realize that my older brother had actually asked for a real life dog. <laughs> I didn't know that. 
And so Todd is like, <gasps> and then we come running out. And I'm so happy to have Bernie, the St. Bernard, and Todd's heart is broken. So there you go. The day I had the best Christmas gift and <laughs> yeah, ruined it for my ruined. brother. Just surly all morning long. <laughs> totally. He thought he was coming out to like an Irish setter puppy. That's what he wanted. But to me, Bernie was real. It was a dog. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um. I, probably the when I think about the best Christmas gift I've gotten, because just how my family does gifts, it's the what was the funniest gift I've received, mm-hmm. and they've all been from my younger brother, uh, who who was who was clever. <laughs> One year, um, I think I was like only a year or two dating, a year into dating Allie, mm-hmm. and um, I opened my gift for my little brother, and it's like a onesie, and he's like. And he just looks at me with this anticipated faith. I'm like, what is this? He's like, I don't know. I was just guessing. <laughs> and I'm like, we're not pregnant. He's like, ah, dang it. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Was it's, Allie mortified? Yeah, I or? don't even think she was there, to be honest. I think that, it, was it was a just, baby onesie. It was a baby onesie. Yeah, it was a baby hilarious. onesie. Hilarious. And, uh, and I just, that was that was pretty good. And then another time he, when I was, actually, this was probably my older brother, I think, when I was going off to college in Iowa, he... <laughs> I think it's the funniest thing in the world. I don't know where he found it. It was a poster for my dorm room of literally 50 different types of squashes. <laughs> I that don't know where he... It was Did cl- you hang it? Oh, yeah. It was clearly... <laughs> It was clearly used. That was the best oh, part. Gross. It had like it had like torn edges and stuff. Like he didn't order it. He found that Which somewhere. Brother? That was my older brother Brock who That's got me That's hilarious. That. Yeah. Uh, and. And then I guess the third one, the third funny one was I, I took a year off of college and was living at home and my youngest brother uh, gave me a mailbox. He's like, I just think it's time for you to move out. <laughs> it's just a single mailbox. That is so funny. <laughs> but to our scripture, what does it mean for us to prepare the way for the Lord? What, how, what does that mean? And then... You know, we kind of get to this imagery of, of filled valleys and rough ways made smooth. What does that possibly mean, Tara? I do think if we truly believe that Christ is coming into the world, whether it was however many years ago, whether it is Christ in the world as spirit now, or whether it is that eschatological final hope we have that Christ will come again, If we really believe there is a meeting of us with Christ, what kind of people do we want to be when that happens? So when I think about preparing the way, I think of things like, who do I need to make an amends to Hmm. before I celebrate the birth of Christ? Who do I need to ask forgiveness from? Um, Who do I need to care for that I haven't cared for? I think that's what, John means, right? Prepare the way of the Lord. Something is happening here that is so much bigger than you. And you need to be, you need to have a heart that is as clear as it can be Hmm. so that you can really accept that gift. Hmm. Um, You know, when Isaiah talks about make his path straight, every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill shall be made low that all flesh will see the salvation of God, that in some way Christ coming into the world sets the world aright. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we need to make 
the path to our heart straight, but that in some way Christ coming makes the whole of the world right, both the first time Christ came and when Christ comes again. What do you think, Brett? Yeah, the I I love the um, the imagery you use of of preparing the way for the Lord. Of, of what does that mean? essentially in writing our relationships um and and making and making sure that those relationships of of people that we know uh feel love um uh, for me personally when the lord comes uh the highest thing of what that means to me is 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 ultimate grace and so uh preparation for that is who who needs grace in the world mm-hmm. uh, do do I need to give grace to myself? <laughs> Do I need to give grace to uh, others? Is there um, is there a people group that that need grace because they haven't had it before? You know, yeah. uh, and so what does that look like? Uh, and to participate in that because it's this you know it's a, preparing the way of the Lord. It's kind of this weird thing, right? Of of we believe Christ has come into the world and that changed things. We believe Christ is with us and that's changing things. Mm-hmm. And we believe Christ will come again and ultimately change things. And so we're, 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 we're following what's been, what's happened. We're participating in what's happening and we're preparing for what's coming. Uh, yeah. uh, and so it's kind of a, a, a strange thing to think about it, but, um, but when we gather in all of those aspects, uh, for me, preparation comes down to what, how can how can I participate in God's grace in the world? Yeah, and you know we, um, by, you know because of our kind of innate sinfulness and focus on self, and because in the greater culture there's been a conversation about your per- personal relationship with Jesus, we tend to think of Christ coming into the world in terms of what it gives us. Mm-hmm. But I want to be very clear that for the prophets. And for the gospel writers, Christ coming into the world was for all of humanity. And so all those valleys, the valley of racism, the valley of poverty, Christ coming into the world is going to fill that. And we're called to fill it until Christ comes again. And everything that is crooked, all of the... Um, you know, sinfulness in our justice system and all the ways that there is like systemic abuse of people in our world, we're to make that straight until Christ comes again and straightens it for us. What are the rough ways that people experience and how can we make that smooth? Um, I am a person who came to my faith in Christ out of a great deal of personal brokenness and need. But the gospel is also for all of humanity that experiences great brokenness and need. It just isn't about Tara. And the more I can remember that, the more it widens my vision for who I'm supposed to be in the world, and the more it widens the vision of what my hope is Mm. for the world. Yeah, and I think of, you know, continuing on with your metaphor of, of, you know, the the valley of racism, the valley of poverty, and the valley of sinfulness in in our world— you know, that valley won't be completely filled in until Christ comes again. Yep. But that doesn't mean I can't shovel my handfuls of dirt on, into it uh, as opposed to digging deeper in it. Yes. Um, because yes. Uh, that's what those that that's what we're presented with is, is we continue to um, 
I know I know I'm not going to fill up this, you know, the Grand Canyon, but I can yep. shovel in some things to help to, to begin the process. And we cannot let the depth of the valley prevent us from doing what we can. Yes, mm. absolutely. So we're going to leave with a quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. We are faced with a shocking reality. Jesus stands at the door and knocks in complete reality. He asks you for your help in the form of a beggar, in the form of a ruined human being in torn clothing. He confronts you in every person that you meet. He walks on the earth as the one through whom God calls you, speaks to you, and makes his demands. That is the greatest seriousness and the greatest blessedness of the Advent message. Christ stands at the door. He lives in the form of the person in our midst. Will you keep the door locked or open it to him? Thank you all for being with us. We hope you have a wonderful and safe weekend and continue preparing for the coming of Christmas. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen. Amen. Thank you.